Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled working mother who hit snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can follow a nutrition plan that supports their goals, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of their to-do list, and go to bed feeling fantastic about the day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle, and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I have a guest with me today, Mike Oglesby, hailing from South Carolina. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I love what you do, uh, your work. It's inspiring. So thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this. I appreciate it. You know, I think we... We have some overlap in terms of our mission to help people, but how we do it, I think, is through different pathways. So I'm really excited to hear more about what you do and learn from you, because frankly, I don't really know much about some of the modalities that you're using. And I know my listeners may not and would really be curious to learn more about it. So I'm really glad that we found each other and that we can have this conversation today. So we're going to be talking. Um, so you are, by definition, you're an author and you're a transformative coach. So we'll hear more about what that means exactly in the work that you do. But I always like to start by telling us a little bit about how you got to the work that you're doing, sort of the different fields that you've worked in, and then how you got to where you are today. You know, it's so interesting uh, because it's not a very common field. You don't hear you hear a lot about hypnosis out there. I think everybody's kind of got a general idea of what it looks like, maybe more so the the television version or yep. the entertainment version, which is not what I do. That's that's the entertainment industry. Uh, I'm more on that clinical medical side of hypnotherapy, where hypnosis mixed with a therapeutic modality, hypnotherapy. Uh, so that's more the approach that I take. Now, I started in this field uh, going on 12 years ago. Um, I was introduced by a chiropractor and cancer doctor in the local area here as I was playing around, as I was going through, you know, getting my bachelor's in psychology. I had heard about neuro-linguistic programming and also about hypnotherapy, which really intrigued me because I'm a very curious person. I like to go out into the world and find these different things. And I kind of lean more towards the, the things that are kind of mystical or you know, have that nature of, you know, I'm just a very curious person. And so I decided to kind of jump in and start playing around with it. And I started noticing I was getting some really good results and helping people, which wasn't necessarily my mission to begin with. It was more to explore it. But as I started getting these or helping people get these uh, results in their life, that's when the chiropractor, and of course, he was friends with a, a cancer doctor and they were working together. And they invited me in to work with their clientele. And so that kind of gave birth to what is now or what became Maximized Mind Hypnotherapy and Coaching. And so moving through this process of hypnotherapy, that's when I started you know, incorporating that coaching aspect as well, because hypnotherapy works primarily directly with the subconscious mind. 
Whereas, you know, I found over the years that really we need to cultivate a very effective conscious mind as well to support those subconscious changes. Otherwise, we're going to start sabotaging ourselves. And so I really started incorporating the coaching in there and working with people's conscious mind, helping them develop more effective thinking, more effective processes for thinking and, you know, working with their emotional states and things like that combined with the hypnotherapy. And I found a really good match with that. And so now that really is the bulk of what I do is that coaching mixed with that hypnotherapy. That is so fascinating. Um, it really is. And it's always it's always amazing when you just kind of stumble into these new fields that you weren't necessarily seeking, but they tend to find us and um, and they find their their home in a practitioner. So do you work in person with people? Are you online or do you do a combination? I do a combination, especially since COVID came in. Uh, you know, we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our people. And so most people went online and started doing virtual. And a lot of people actually found that to be an approach that they enjoyed because you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to fight traffic. I mean, I live in Myrtle Beach and this is a tourist area, especially during the summer. You know, a 15 minute drive could turn into 45 minutes really quickly, really easily. So a lot of people still prefer that, uh, you know, working virtually. Yeah. But also there are people that do prefer the in-person. So I do offer both. So I can okay. work with people anywhere uh, for just about anything. Yeah. yeah. So that was my next question is what kinds of problems or difficulties do people come to you with? Well, a big one that people and, and something I really specialized in and focused in on over the past uh, decade or so is anxiety and depression, which, you know, as as we know in this field that these are some of the most common uh, struggles and mental illnesses that people suffer with. And what I suffered with most of my life, you know, I was depressed. I was anxious, developed OCDs from the time I was, you know, maybe 10 or 11 uh, growing up with this stuff and fighting these battles. And it was constant struggle day in and day out. And I was, I was the type you know, you've got the two types. You've got the one that's going to shut down and become really shy and closed off. And then you're going to have the type like myself who's going to lash out, you know, the rebel because we don't feel heard. So we need to be loud. So we're loud with our actions since our words don't work anymore. And so I was that one. I lashed out, you know, uh, really did a lot of destructive things to myself. Um, which we tend to do when we're anxious and stuff like that. So, you know, life was a, a big struggle. Uh, anxiety and depression were, you know, big parts of my life for many, many years. Uh, through my journey, I've been able to overcome that. So, you know, I think anxiety, you know, itself, it, it's not a bad thing. It could be a very helpful thing. You know, it's a defense mechanism to help us in times of, you know, uh, whether there's a, a danger or something like that outside of us, anxiety can step in and boost that, you know, that adrenaline and get us out of those situations and, and stuff like that. But the debilitating anxiety, that's when it starts kicking in. And, you know, we're, we're, we're stepping into these places of fear when there's really no need. And of course, as humans, we can do that to ourselves with our thoughts. And I did that for many years. And finally, was able to get out of those patterns. So I haven't suffered with debilitating anxieties or depressions at all. And even the OCDs, I've been able to, uh, I've been able to master those. 
And so what I do is I, I've taken how I've done that, my approach, my strategy, and I've created a structure for my people to uh, to walk through. I guide them through almost like a step-by-step process um, to help them recover from and get rid of those debilitating anxieties so they can live the life that they want to live. So anxiety and depression is really what I focused in on, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of transitioning into working from a broader range of fear because those are aspects of fear. Uh, and fear can really, uh, it plays a big role in our life. I mean, we're conditioned, you know, into fear from the time we're, you know, little children, don't do this, you know, you might get hurt or don't do that. They may say something. And, and so our whole life is really enveloped in this philosophy of fear. And so anxiety and depression seem to be the most common ones that I work with mm-hmm. or have been working with. Um, so, but there's other, you know, other things that people tend to think about a hypnotherapist for, such as smoking cessation, which I don't work with anymore. Uh, I did for a long time, but I don't anymore. Weight loss is another big one for me. Um, and really any type of a fear-based uh, mentality that produces struggles and challenges yeah. for people, I tend to step into those. So tell me about your philosophy. You shared this in writing, and I was curious to hear more about this, that um, many people feel like they need to either avoid fear or learn how to cope with it. But your goal is to help people embrace it or make friends with their fear. So can you tell me more about your thoughts on that? Sure. So fear, big, ugly monster we all live with. You know, it's one of the primary driving forces in life. As I said, you know, we're, you know, we're bred to be in fear, turn on your TV, watch the news, follow the politics, follow the leaders. These, you know, a lot of these people, they're just, you know, feeding the fears, right? And they get these people, you know, their flock, if you will, uh, they move them with their emotions. They, they tap into that fear and it drives them. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot throughout the world. The, a lot of the breakdown of these systems is driven by fear. And so, uh, you know, what I try to do is I try to help people understand that, you know, fear and pain and suffering, things like that, these are aspects of life. First and foremost, you know, our, our initial reaction to fear is run, get away from it, try to avoid it at any cost. But this is life. This is the way life is. Fear is a part of life. And if we can't learn to embrace these parts of life and find the gifts in these parts of life, then we're going to really struggle throughout life. And I think it's important that we understand the language of life, right? And, and one of my chapters of my new book is, uh, you know, life doesn't speak English. You know, like pain that. and suffering and fear, things like that. This is a natural, normal part of life. And see, in every, uh, I've got four principles in my book. And one of those principles is everything in life is a gift. Everything is here to help you. I mean, any fear that you've ever stepped into, haven't you come out better on the other side? You grew. There were gifts in there. And so what I do is I teach people how to understand this language of life and and the language of fear and the language of pain and things like that. Learn to embrace that and to find the gifts in those fears, find the gifts in those struggles, find the gifts in those pains, because when you can do that, it promotes growth. Mm-hmm. And this is a big, big deal. You know, I, I work on the philosophy of growth, right? You know, a lot of people, they want to change their lives. 
And so they work on the external aspects of their life. They don't like a situation. They try to change the situation. They don't like a relationship. They go and they find a different one just to find themselves in the same very experiences. Yes, it looks a little different. Yeah, there's a different name to it. But here you are feeling and experiencing the same things in life over and over and over and over. And so at some point, we must look deeper and understand why do we continue to produce these same things in life, right? We need to work on, you know, why are we making the same choices, right? It looks different, but it's the same thing. It's like we're doing the same thing in a different way. And so I try to help people understand the languages of life and how to use these struggles and these pains and the, and the fears that they go through to promote growth. Because if you want to change your life and you truly want to create sustainable change, you must change what's causing your life to be the way that it is. And it's not outside of you. It's inside of you. When you change from the inside out, and yes, it's a different process, but it's an effective process because you can change a certain aspect of your life, but then recreate it. But yeah. when you grow and you and you become a different character, if you will, you never ungrow. You never go back to who you were, right? I mean, if you think back 15 years ago, right, you were a very different person making very different decisions. You saw the world in a very different way. Now, over the past 15 years, you've grown uh, a lot. You can't ungrow. You can't go back to being who you were 15 years ago. You can't ungrow. And so when you work from the inside, out to address these things and you start to come to a higher understanding, a higher level of consciousness about yourself and life, then life changes and you don't have to continue going back into those same patterns over and over and over and over. I love that that emphasis on the gifts, looking for the gifts and the lessons. Mm -hmm. I've heard I've heard a similar quote that says, uh, turn your mess into your message. And mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people do that um, and kind of turn their difficult experiences into an avenue for helping others and kind of sharing a gift with others and and having that be the gift of their of their struggle. But I'm I'm wondering if um so how does this neuro linguistic programming like come in? So is that related to the scene the the gifts or where does that come in? So NLP or neuro linguistic programming, it to me it's really just another doorway into the field of psychology. You know, when you break the break it down, you got neuro, we're dealing with the brain here, you know, the mental faculties, linguistic, we're talking about the language and your ability to change that internal dialogue, the internal messages, or what we call the internal map or territory in the mind so that we can perceive things differently. Because when you take an action, when you make a choice, you're doing it based on how you perceive things. And so when you can perceive things differently, it's going to drive different choices. And so neurolinguistic is uh, really what's really cool about the, the field of NLP is you can kind of do your own thing. We're not, you know, just basing what we do on the foundational principles that, you know, the field of psychology was born, you know, your your Eric Erickson's and your Freud's and your Maslow's and things like that. You really get a chance to step in and take pieces of anything and everything and combine them and do kind of what you want. And some of the more prominent people that use NLP are people like Tony Robbins, right? Mm -hmm. And he does a lot of anchoring exercises and things like that. And it's just a different way to change that internal picture or dialogue 
so that you can promote different results in your yeah. life. Can you give me an example? I'm trying to picture, so I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist, so I'm very familiar with the idea that your thoughts impact your feelings, impact your behaviors, impact your outcomes. So what is this new layer that neuro-linguistic programming is going to add to that? So I think a lot of the ways that I use the NLP is very similar to what you're talking about with the CBT, because we're changing how we're seeing that. We're reframing, like reframing is an exercise you can do in NLP. So you take like a what they call a swish pattern and you see this picture was the old picture and you kind of pull that away and reframe it and see this and you kind of back and forth until this new picture becomes the most dominant picture that you see. Mm. And when that changes your perception, then you start acting in accordance with that that new idea, if you will. Yeah. 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 OK, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Clearly, I need to read up on this more because it, it's it's really interesting to me. And I can see that there's a lot of potential, obviously, because I believe that when you change your thoughts, you know, you change how you feel, you change your whole life. Um, so, OK, so I think we have a good sense of what you're doing, the kinds of people that you're helping, the framework. I'm really excited to read your book. Um, is that out yet or is it coming out soon? It's not out. It should be coming out either later this year or early next year. Um, okay. Got the manuscript done. The The title's still in work. Um, but I am updating people, you know, through Facebook and things like that, through the social media channels yeah. as that process, you know, unfolds. So it's, a, okay. it's an exciting process. And I've got a lot to share with people. Uh, and I'm really, really excited about it. All right. I will definitely be following along to to get updated on that. So. Let's see, you know, for people who listen to my podcast, they know that I always like to distill our message down into concrete tips. So let's see if we can go through five tips that people can use to overcome fear. Um, I love, I just want to highlight again what you said, kind of learn, it wasn't coexist, what's your word? Um, To befriend it, to befriend fear and see the gift in it and achieve their goals. So what would you say for number one? So the first thing, and, and this I think is so very important, and I think it's one of the most overlooked uh, and understudied aspects of change. Change can be difficult, um, but it can be mitigated as well. But change is a difficult thing because when you're changing yourself, you know, first and foremost, if you're changing a habit or something in your life, there's an aspect of your identity that has to change because your identity is attached to everything you do, right? That is your core and everything expresses itself from the core. Uh, But change is not a a simple thing you do. It's never a thing you do. Change is always a process. There are natural laws that govern the system we live in, uh, such as, you know, the law of gravity. There are other laws and one of them happens to be the law of process. There's no result that you can create in life without going through a process. It doesn't matter if you're wanting some water or if you're wanting to quit smoking or you're wanting to lose weight or you're wanting to get rid of anxiety or depression, or it doesn't matter what it is. Everything follows the law of process. And so most people, and we live in a world where you can have just about anything you want in the click of a button, but that's not reality when it comes to changing your life, creating true change. And so it's very important that we embrace the process. And the process is going to unfold many different ways for many different people. You're going to go through your struggles. You're going to go through challenges. It's part of the process. 
you know, success is just a, an effect of many small steps. It's not a single thing you do. And a lot of people want to jump to the results. But here's the thing. We don't get in life what we want. We get in life what we are. If you look around at every person, you will see that their entire reality revolves around them. And it is unique to them, right? You can, you can look at your spouse. You can look at your children, your family, your friends. And every one of you live in a different reality. We all exist in the same place. But we think differently. We believe differently. We have a different reality. And so it's important to understand that part of that process of changing is letting go of the old reality, which means you're going to go through the battles of releasing your associations and your attachments to the old. You know, I often say it kind of like this. We have the, the world that we're currently living in, the reality, and then we have the change. This is what we want. And in order to get this, which a lot of times what we try to do is pull this into this, but it doesn't fit. What you have to do is you have to outgrow this reality, this version of yourself, and become this version of yourself. And that sounds fine, but that means you have to let go of this. And that's the hardest part of growth. And really what growth is, I think, uh, a lot of it is letting go. Yeah. Right. So you have to let go of that current version of yourself if you want to live that life. Otherwise, if you get those results, but you haven't become that version of yourself who can sustain that, you'll lose the results and go right back. And that's why we see people flip-flopping. Yeah. Right? Have you read the book Atomic Habits? I'm sure you have. I have. Yeah. So he talks a lot, and I talk about that book a lot in this podcast. So he talks about, uh, as you're trying to kind of, I don't want to say motivate yourself, but as you're trying to work to create new habits, when you focus on the person that you want to become, you're going to be more effective and focusing on just that task. So I want to become the person who exercises every day and takes care of my health is a lot more powerful than saying, I'm going to schedule exercise seven days a week. Yes, that is the core. That is how I changed really uh, the core of myself to get rid of the anxieties, the depressions, the dysfunctions, the struggles. If you want something different in life, you must become someone different. Just doing something different isn't sustainable for long-term change. You know, it's the difference. I like to talk about the different, you know, you have action-oriented activities and you have growth-oriented activities. And if you take the action-oriented activities, which are necessary at times, the results you get are based on the actions. So if you stop taking the actions, you stop getting the results, right? But a growth-oriented activity, you're promoting growth as you're going out here and, and working to achieve these results. And you become the version of yourself who lives that kind of life. For example, imagine your life exactly the way that you want it. You're, you're, you're doing the things that you want. You're, you're living the way you want. I mean, life is good. And then zoom out a little bit further and look at the version of yourself who lives that life. It's not the same version you're currently being. And if you want to live that life, if you want to produce those results, then you become the person who does. You become that version of yourself. And so your growth-oriented activities are promoting the growth of that character, which is a, one of the greatest gifts we have is to be able to change that character, that nature. Yeah. So Yeah, that's so good. All right. And what would you say number two is? Uh, number two is invest in knowledge. Knowledge leads to power. And knowledge about the self leads to self-empowerment. One of the 
the primary things that I do when I'm working with people is I teach them about themselves. I teach them about their minds, how it works, why it works that way, and what that process of change actually looks like as well. Uh, and, and investing in knowledge gives you the upper hand because a lot of people don't reach their goals. A lot of people don't live the life that they want, not because they're unable to. It's not a matter of ability. It's typically a matter of belief in themselves. But investing in that knowledge will reshape you. It'll reshape how you think about things. It'll reshape how you believe about things and especially yourself. So investing in knowledge is, I think, a key aspect to changing your life. Yeah, I as you're think as you're saying that I'm kind of thinking I wish that it's one thing I now know and that's almost one of the top things I wish I could have taught my younger self was to invest in services and coaching and people and opportunities to learn and you'll get where you want to go so much faster so than much when you faster. try to do it alone. And you'll get where you want to go. Yeah. I think you know most people they want to change their life or they want their lives to change but they don't know how, right? Even if something as simple as quitting smoking, you know, when, when I was working with smokers, most people are unsuccessful because they don't know how to quit smoking. They think, oh, let me just put cigarettes down. Yeah, that, that sounds good. And that's why we have, you know, so many people spending so much money on different things to try to help them quit just to start back. It's because first and foremost, they got to embrace that process, right? You know, if you're going to quit smoking, you got to know that you're not quitting smoking, you're becoming a non-smoker. And there's that yes. becoming exactly. again, big, big difference. Yeah. But understanding how to do these things and investing in that, that, that knowledge to further your education on yourself yeah. is going to lead you to that self-empowerment and self-empowerment will lead you anywhere you want to go. Yeah. And how could we possibly know all the things? I mean, we can't, we all have our own areas of expertise, but we can't possibly be experts in all areas. So why not embrace the fact that others are and Absolutely. invest in yourself to learn from them? Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right. How about number three? Start with yourself. You know, I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, your life, our lives, anybody's life is a result of their choices. Now, the victim mentality is widespread. Uh, it is abundant. And I think we all have it to a degree. Um, taking responsibility, I think, is a very important aspect. Uh, but starting with yourself and understanding that your life right now, you can trace everything that's going on in your life back to your choices, right? If you're an adult, your choices are playing themselves out. Now, it might have been a choice that you made that led you into this situation that you did not foresee, that you did not ask for, and that's fine, I understand that, but it was still your choice, right? If, you're, if your spouse is doing some things and it's 15 years later, well, that person is there because of your choice, the choice that you made and the choice you continue to make. Your life is a result of your choices. Right. So if you want your life to change and you really, really want to reach your goals, work on yourself first, work inside out again, work on that growth, work on developing that character, that nature, those qualities, the tendencies and characteristics. And then that will express itself in the form out here in this world the way that you want, because it's going to change how you interact with yourself in this world, which will guide you into those new places that you want. Yeah. So. Start with yourself. Don't start outside of yourself. You don't have power outside of yourself. 
right? You have power inside of yourself. And if you cultivate that and you work on that, then your externals will fall into place in a much, much different way. I have absolutely nothing to add to that other than an amen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And it works. Um, and, it, yeah. and that's the way it works. It really is. And you know this. I know this, but most people don't know this. I know because it's so much easier to blame others and to focus on other people's errors and shortcomings. And we, I, I say this a lot too, we don't have the power to control others and their reactions, but we always have the power to influence our own. So I'm 100% with you on that. All right. And number four? Be strategic. You know, look, changing your life is not just something you want to just do off of the uh, off a of whim. You know, you don't want to shoot from the hip. You want to you want to know what you're doing. You know, you want to you want to step into a strategy. And a lot of people use hope. Hope is not a strategy. I think hope is a wonderful thing. You know, it can lead you to some great strategies. It can lead you into some great things. But you can't rely on hope because when you do that, you're relying on power outside of yourself to dictate what it is and what it isn't, you know, that, that you're going to experience or do in your life. And I think so many people are in that mode. You know, they're they're waiting on something, you know, the right person to show up or, you know, maybe that right person to be in the audience, you know, or or whatever it is. They're waiting on their situations or their circumstances. But if you're strategic, then you start taking control. You start taking responsibility. And it's a process, right? You start with yourself. Be strategic in what you do. Know what it is that you're after. Break it down. Dissect it, which, you know, is really investing in that knowledge and, and starting with yourself. And you, you invest in a plan and in a strategy. You don't want to wing it. You don't want to wing your life. Not if you want a really successful and effective life. That's the strategy. And the people that are really successful and, and happy in life, they have a strategy for their life. They're not winging it. It's not an accident. It's not by chance. It's not happenstance that they're in the position that they're in. They're not lucky. They weren't born into the right family. Their choices are, are, are what's creating their life. So be strategic in how you approach your life. Yeah, I want to highlight that again, it's sort of related to what I was saying about what I wish I could have taught my younger self. If you look at all these successful people like Tony Robbins and, you know, anyone, you know, any of these high performers, they they have a team, a board of advisors, you know, they're learning from the experts and they're very strategic and specific about what they're doing, how they're doing the road to getting there. And, you know, we, the average people, um, can benefit from that as well. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Okay, and last but not least, number five. Always feed a healthy self-image. This is so important and because we're talking about the core. Everything that we do comes from our core, our identity, what we believe about ourselves. So your self-image is at the core of everything that you do. It drives your choices, it drives your emotions, it drives your actions, it drives your results. Always feed a healthy self-image because look, if you've got a low self-image and you could be the hardest worker in the force, but you're never going to go further than your belief about yourself. Your self-image is so important. And I grew up with a very poor self-image, very, very poor. And a lot of people have a fixed mindset where they believe that that's just who they are and that's just the way it is. 
But when you really become empowered and you start this journey of change and you invest in this knowledge and you start to understand how this stuff works, you begin to realize that an unhealthy self-image is a choice. And everything in life is a choice. Anxiety is a choice. Depression is a choice. But you can only make those choices when you become empowered enough to understand how to make those choices. So it would appear that they're not choices at all. And many people would maybe argue that point. Oh, this isn't a choice. I'm not choosing this. And I'm not saying that you're consciously making a choice to be anxious or you're consciously making a choice to be destructive in your life. But what I'm saying is when you have an, a self-image and an identity that supports, you know, unhealthy choices and destruction, but you also have the ability to change that, then you start to realize that at the core, your choices can affect those things and you can make a different choice. Is it hard? Yeah, it sure can be, right? But, you know, change, a lot of people are like, oh, change is so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard. But it's a lot harder living a life you don't love or don't want or don't like or don't feel good in and maintaining that imbalance, that inharmony, that, that the, the, the relationships that aren't working. It's so much harder to maintain that than it is to do the work to change it. And it's a journey. It's going to take time. It's not a quick fix. You know, growth is not quick. And if we try to jump on that quick train, we're going to crash and we're going to go right back and we're going to, you know, reinforce this unhealthy self-image. Oh, well, it didn't work or, oh, you know, I can't do that. And this is just another reason I can prove I can't do that. So what you want to do is you want to start feeding healthy self-image through small successes. Never reach for the big successes because that's just nothing more than a bunch of small stuff together. Reinforce the things that you do well. Start talking to yourself in a healthy way. Treat yourself like you love yourself. And love is an action. And when you do this, you cultivate love within yourself and you cultivate a healthy self-image. And I am living proof that if you work long enough and hard enough on your self-image and you change that, your whole entire world will change. It's not a matter of whether you can or whether things like this do or don't happen for people like you. If you make that choice consistently day in and day out and you stand up and you fight every time that battle comes knocking on your door to feed a healthy self-image, regardless of what everybody's told you, regardless of what you've been through, no matter how destructive your life has been, if you make that choice consistently over and over and over, you will change that healthy that self-image to a healthy self-image. You will change your life. You will reach your goals. And you won't have to live in these cycles of fear and destruction and chaos in your life. So therefore, when I say it's a choice, that's what I mean. Is you can make choices that will bring you out. Doesn't mean you're doing this to yourself on purpose. But you can make choices that will bring you out of those storms. And when you go into the storms, they won't knock you down and kill parts of your life. You know, you'll be able to embrace them, find the gifts, and actually strengthen your character rather than lay on the ground and stay there. I think I want to end on that note. <laughs> so well said. And um, so much to think about. You really have my wheels spinning, even though this is closely related to what I do. You know, it's funny how different people just have a slightly different way of saying things. And um it gives me a lot to think about. So I hope for everyone listening that it has given you a lot to think about. I know, Mike, I'm going to be following along um, to continue to learn from you and look out for your book. So where can people find you if they want to learn more from you? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so Facebook is a, a big one. You can look me up at author Mike Oglesby. Um, you can check out my website. You can go to mikeoglesby.com if you want to check out maximizedmind.com. Uh, that's where a lot of my work is shown uh, through there as well. Uh, and LinkedIn for those who are on LinkedIn can also find me on there as well. Okay. Instagram or no, not yet. Uh, yeah, I do actually have an Instagram. Okay. Yeah, as a okay. matter of fact. So author Michael was be on Instagram as well. Okay, super. We'll be following along. Thank you so much, Mike, for being with us today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and giving us lots to think about. And thank you everyone for listening. It was another great episode and I'll be back next week with another one. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.